0: Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Let's try that again. Good Good morning. Good to see all of you today on this balmy, right, morning, as Pastor Adam said. But we celebrate the fact that we get to worship the Lord and come together today. Amen. And so we're glad you're here today. We're glad you're watching online today. And we're most glad that we get to worship God. And we're in a series called The Important Stuff. Say that with me. The important stuff, yep. And I want to share some important stuff with you before we get into the message today. It's actually a celebrate. Last Wednesday night, we were having youth group and we we talked about just giving God everything and just answering whatever God has for you. And after the service, we had a student come up and she she, uh, was talking to me and she said, I've been back and forth feeling like God is calling me into ministry. And she said, tonight, I said the big yes to God to go into ministry. So she's feeling led to be a youth pastor. So we give God praise for that. Let's give God a hand. How awesome is that? That's exciting. Folks, that's what it's all about. Amen. And God is on the move. He's doing things. We've we've seen um, some baptisms that have happened, and some more um, being baptized. We're seeing some more calls into ministry. And the next week or two, I'm excited to share something else with you that God is doing in someone. So God is doing some great stuff, and that's what this series is about: is the important stuff. Last week we talked about baptism. We had several respond um, to accepting Jesus Christ into their heart. So let's give God a hand for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And by the way, if you would like to be baptized or you know someone um, that maybe wants to be baptized or even has questions about it, we're going to be doing a baptism February 4th. Say that with me. February 4th, so that's a Sunday you won't want to miss. And if you'd like to be baptized, you can talk to Pastor Adam or I about that. I know he'll share that with you later, but we're excited about that. So lots of good things going on. Baptism last week, we're talking about communion. Today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 22, looking at the Last Supper scene. And then next week is prayer, and the following week is fasting. That'll go along with Pray 21. Then scripture, fellowship, giving, and serving. So this series is an eight-week series over the important stuff. And we're going to be in Luke 22 today. So you can grab your Bibles or grab your phone. And I'm just going to tell you straight up front, in just a little bit, I'm going to have you look up a scripture, okay? There's a scripture I want us to look at. It's not on the screen. So if you have your Bible or you have a phone that either has the Bible app or Google, have that ready because in just a little bit, I'm going to have us look up a scripture because I want you to see it for yourself with your own eyes. But we're in Luke chapter 22 today. And before we read the scripture this morning, it's important for us to have a little bit of context. All of us, well I say all of us, most of us are probably around Easter time or when we take communion like we're going to be doing later today. We've heard this scripture, but some of us maybe don't don't have all the context. And here's what's going on. Jesus is getting ready to eat his final meal with the disciples and there's a lot going on. Um, at this time. People have traveled from all over to Jerusalem for the Passover and the festival of the unleavened bread. This was an annual event that had had been going on for hundreds of years, dating back to the very first Passover. And that was when God had told Moses and Aaron to have the people get a spotless lamb or goat, kill it, and then smear the blood of this animal on the doorposts of their homes. And in doing so, God would pass over them and they would not be harmed. And the festival of the unleavened bread, which I just mentioned, it dates back to when the Israelites had to leave in the middle of the night and didn't have time to put leaven or yeast in the bread as they ate their final meal as slaves in Egypt. And God tells Moses and Aaron in Exodus 12, That this is a day to remember each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is law for all time. And so for seven days, the bread you eat must be made without leaven or without yeast. So now, right, I tell you all that not for no reason, but now Jesus is in Jerusalem with his disciples and they're eating their final meal together without leaven and the people are remembering God's rescue and how the blood of the lamb so many hundreds of years earlier had been smeared on their doorposts to save them from death. Now listen to this, okay? Don't check out on me. Listen to this. And now Jesus will be introducing to them a new covenant that doesn't involve the blood sacrifice of an animal in the form of a lamb or a goat, but the blood from the lamb of God. Amen? That's what we're going to be participating in later today. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 22. Remember, I'm going to be asking you to look something up here in just a little bit. Luke chapter 22, uh, beginning with verse 14. Here's what it says. When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table and Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. This was a very common thing that happened every year. So they're just like, yeah, normal Passover meal. We get together and we remember, right, that God passed over them in Exodus 12. We remember that. That's something normal that happened. I'm very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins, and they'd kind of heard Jesus talk here and there about different things. For I tell you that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he takes a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And he said, let's read it. Take this and share it among yourselves, right? And then he says, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he takes some bread, right? Right? And he gives thanks to God for it. And he breaks it into pieces and he gives it to, uh, to the disciples. And he says, this is my body, which is given to me. Now, they don't completely understand everything. And then he says, do this to what church? To what is it? Online, what is it? Remember me, right? Do this to remember me. In other words, this isn't just something I'm doing with you now, this is something that you're going to do to remember me. And after supper, he takes the cup of wine and he says, he doesn't just say, drink the cup. He's this, he says, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. You, we're here to celebrate the Passover. We're here to remember all those hundreds of years earlier. When, a, when a, a goat or a lamb for each family was sacrificed and they took it and they smeared it on the doorposts. And reading the bread that represents that they had to leave in a hurry hundreds of years ago. And they didn't have time to put the leaven or the yeast in the bread. I'm telling you guys you're under a covenant, but I'm telling you I'm here with a new covenant. We meet together in Jerusalem every year and we do this. But something different happening this time. An agreement confirmed not with some lamb or a goat, but with the lamb of God. My blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Jesus came to establish a new covenant between God and his people. Amen? So I want to just think about that today. In other words, and we're going to read. Remember, have your Bibles ready, your phone ready. We're going to look at something today. But everyone can appreciate a better agreement, can we not? You know, a better arrangement. Now, any one of you, is there anybody here online today that when you were growing up, you had to share a bedroom with your siblings? Right? Some of you like, I still have to, Right? and any of you have to share a bedroom with your siblings growing up and then the time came and you got your own room? Now, some of you are like, right? I never got my own room. Well, I'm sorry about that. But for those who did, right? I wanna just share with you, all of a sudden you didn't. You did and then you didn't. And we can all appreciate that even if we didn't have our own room. And chances are, if you had to share a room and then all of a sudden you got your own room, you might call that a better arrangement, right? Right? I remember in college I had this junkster car and I finally upgraded to something else. It wasn't a lot better, but it was better than what I had. It was a better arrangement. One way works, but another way is better. The book of Hebrews calls the new covenant the better way, the better covenant. If you have your Bibles, remember I told you, get on your phone or grab your Bible and go to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22. It's a short, I'm not seeing everybody do it. Grab your Bible your phone. I know you got your phones with you. I know you got your phones. Get, Get on Google right now. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22. And here's what it says about this better arrangement, this better way. Jesus is the one who guarantees this, if you know it, read it with me, better covenant with God. Everyone say better covenant. Better covenant. Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. If you there stay with me. There were many priests under the old system for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and what? Forever to save those who come to God how? Through him. He lives forever to intercede with God. On their behalf, folks, we worship a God who came to establish a better covenant, a better arrangement. Okay, that was totally an amen part, and y'all missed it. Okay, like I just I put I, like I was I was emphasizing it right. I was reading the Word of God, and y'all freezing. And we're just kind of like my son is when you pull him out of bed in the morning for school. Come on, guys, right? Let's read this again. Jesus is the one who guarantees the, this better covenant with God. There were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. His, he lives forever to intercede with God on our behalf. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look at you, man. Amen. He came to establish a better covenant, a new covenant signed in the blood of the Lamb through his death and resurrection. That's good stuff. Now, here's the good news. Well, who qualifies, right? Some deal. What's the catch? Who qualifies? Am I eligible? Folks, no one is excluded in this new covenant. In other words, your past doesn't exclude you from receiving this new covenant. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your neighbor's done. You are not excluded. We all have the option to receive this new covenant, right? And we celebrate that. Um, when Paul was talking to the church in Ephesus, he reminded the Gentiles that they used to be outsiders, To the gospel, but now they are united with Christ in the new covenant. Remember the story of the Jews and the Gentiles, right? The Gentiles were not in in the old covenant, and as a result, there was a lot of friction between the two. The Gentiles were thought as pagan and they had pagan practices, and the Jews looked down on them. And Paul's saying, You used to be outsiders to the gospel in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, but now, because of the new covenant, you've been united with Jesus. Once, You were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Folks, this is good stuff. Listen, you now have been united with Christ. Gentiles, remember? Remember? Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And Christ himself has brought what, church? Peace to us. You know what it's like for being at home in the summertime, right? Say you're, say you're a teacher or you're something, you get off in the summer and your kids are little And you just want peace because they've got too much energy. Or like right now, it's freezing outside, so there's not a whole lot you can do outside. And the kids say, I'm bored, and they're just burning the place down, right? And all you want is peace. Or you're at work, and someone won't let you work, and it's just there's no peace. Folks, even to a greater degree, there can be that way in our soul, where we're so tormented by our decisions or our kids' decisions or, or things that are happening in our life or worries that we have or doctor's tests that are coming up or, or retirement or all the things that can just fix, we can fixate on. And Jesus came so that we could have peace from our sins, but also peace in our heart through the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus made the gospel inclusive. His blood was a new covenant of grace and mercy and peace in our hearts. Single moms, do you need some grace and mercy today? Foster child, foster parent, do you need some grace and mercy today? Single dad, do you need some grace and mercy today? Parents, Kids, teachers, doctors, lawyers, business owners, addicts, sick person, sinner, do you need some grace and mercy today? I have good news. Jesus died to offer a cup of grace and mercy, a new covenant poured out in his blood for you and for me. So, in what way this morning do you need grace and mercy? And in what way could you offer mercy to someone else? I'm just going to ask you that today. Just. Real quick this morning, in what way do you need God's mercy today? In what way can you offer God's mercy to someone else today? God is here, readily available to give you that mercy. And the reason is, is because what he's done for us, which means we can't ever forget the breaking and the pouring of Christ. Say that with me. We must always remember the breaking and the pouring of Christ, right? We remember the scriptures He took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it and he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body. It's not just food that you're eating. Like we always eat. We always celebrate the Passover every year. We come together, right? People come together. They travel to Jerusalem. But this year, as you you break it, this is my body, which is given for you. When it's broken, remember what I've done. And then after supper, he takes the cup of wine. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. Let's read it together. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Isaiah 53.5, it's not on the screen. It says, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Would you just close your eyes with me? I'm going to finish reading this. Think about this as we read this. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. You can open your eyes if you'd like. Folks, Jesus did that for us. Scripture tells us that by his stripes, we are healed. Right? They had him over the whipping post. They whipped him. By his stripes, we are healed. Has someone ever taken a beating for you? My mother-in-law, Brenda, she talks about her sister taking a spanking for her so she didn't have to take one when she was a kid. Jesus didn't just take a beating for you. He gave up his life for you. He gave up his life for me, right? Ephesians 1.7 says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins, Romans 5.8 says, Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, if you know it, say it with me, while we were still sinners. Folks, we worship him today for the fact that he loved us enough that while we were still sinners, he came and he died for us. Which brings me to a couple of questions to ask before we take communion together this morning. We think about what this means as it relates to the new covenant. We think about Christ's body being broken, and the reason it was broken is so that sin could be broken in our life. Is there sin in your life that needs to be broken? I know it's cold this morning, and... There's not quite as many of us as there normally is and, and it's the weekend and we're thinking about Monday and all these different things going on in our life and this is a little bit heavier this morning, right? But I would just ask you today, is there sin in your life that needs broken? Maybe it's an attitude, maybe it's pornography, maybe it's a complacency that God is calling you to do something and you keep sitting on it and not doing anything about it. Jesus died so that we don't have to live with sin. Jesus died so that the chain of sin, the bond of sin can be broken. Is there sin in your life that needs to be broken? And then another thing, as we think about Christ, right? Jesus is is drinking the cup and he's telling them to drink the cup and he's explaining this blood is the new covenant of my blood. And as they're drinking this drink and drinking the wine, they're thinking about how Christ was going to be poured out for them. What needs poured out in your life? For us to receive Christ, we have to repent. We have to confess our sins. And then the blood of Christ covers our sin. What needs poured out in your life? I remember when I was a kid, um, I went to this country church in the middle of nowhere, and um, they had this revival speaker. And I was a kid, and the guy was real boring, the guy that was speaking. And I was just not paying attention. And I remember afterwards, my parents said, Hey, such and such went out to his car, and he took all, he had a bunch of booze in his car, and he just poured it out in the parking lot. And I remember thinking, what's booze? You know, I was little. And two, like, why would he do that? He just got saved tonight. Okay, so what is that? You know, I was just a little bitty. I don't know why I remember that conversation. And anyway, my family started explaining to me about all of what that meant and all of that. And basically, he was saying, look, for me to receive Jesus, I can't hold on to this. I got to pour this out. Maybe it's not alcohol for you, but what in your life? Here right now, in this moment, this is a meat, potatoes, straight at you, no frills, right here, right now. What in your life is preventing you from going all in for Jesus? What needs may be figuratively poured out or literally poured out in your life today? God wants to replace it with his fruits of his spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He wants to fill you up today. In fact, if you would close your eyes again, I just want to ask you that today. Is there anything in your life that God wants to break the chain of? Is there anything in your life that needs poured out today? If so, we're just going to take a minute as the band comes up today and just talk to God about it. God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you came to establish a new covenant. We thank you, Lord, that in the same way, God, that the blood on the doorposts in the Old Testament allowed God to pass over the Israelites, Father Jesus' sacrifice, his death and resurrection allows God to pass over our sins and, and to see us as the righteousness of God. We thank you, Lord, that we can be forgiven of our sins, that we can move away from sinning like that, God, and we can put our heart and our mind fixed on you. And so we thank you today, Lord, and if there's anyone here right now that hasn't put their faith and trust in you, I pray that they would do that today. We have the opportunity this morning to take communion together and to remember what Christ has done for us. And maybe for the first time today, you've asked Jesus into your heart or, or you're making that commitment today. The communion doesn't save us. It's through our own prayers and our own repentance with God that does that. But we do have the opportunity to remember our salvation or to take this time to make that commitment to God. So if you have your elements ready, I'd encourage you to get those out. And the Lord himself he ordained the Holy Sacrament. He he commanded His disciples to partake of the bread and the wine, emblems of His broken body and His shed blood. This is, this is His table. And the elements are for His disciples. And if you've repented of your sins and believed in Christ for salvation, then, then you're invited to participate in communion. We're reminded that in the same night that our Lord was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat the bread and remember that Christ's body was broken for you. Be thankful. after supper he took the cup and we had given thanks he gave it to them saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you do this when you drink it in remembrance of me the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ which was shed for you preserve you blameless unto everlasting life drink this and remember that Christ's blood was shed for you and be thankful stand together this morning.